in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. The trial for two former Williamson County Sheriff's deputies connected to the in-custody death of a man during the taping of the show Live PD continues today. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. Just started yesterday this trial for Javier Ambler. He died after a chase with police and it ended with deputies using a stun gun on him. Prosecutors maintain that Ambler told the officers he had a heart condition. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez was in the courtroom for opening arguments yesterday. These defendants chose to give Javier two seconds to comply and two minutes to die. State and the media has tried to make this case about failing to dim headlights. It's entirely inaccurate. Two very different theories presented during the first day of the Javier Ambler trial. Ambler died after deputies James Johnson and Zach Camden tried to pull him over for failing to dim his headlights. A chase ensued then a crash. When officers tried to arrest Ambler, a taser was deployed. They're charged with manslaughter, accused of acting recklessly. Ambler allegedly told them he had a heart condition during the arrest. This is not about headlights. There's a litany of not just traffic offenses, but serious crimes. The defense said Ambler weighed 400 pounds at the time of his death and was living with congenital heart failure. They say resisting arrest put him under even more stress. They claim Ambler was a, quote, known drug dealer with a history of running from police. The danger posed by someone willing to put themselves and everybody else in danger to get away, that justifies a quick response. The state disagreed. They say Ambler was exposed to unsafe levels of electricity via the taser and was pinned down by the deputy's knees on his neck in their opening statement. Javier's tragic death could have been avoided if these two defendants had acted reasonably and prudently. We later saw body cam footage of deputies performing CPR on Ambler after he was tased. Life PD cameraman in the frame. His family in court Monday while that video was presented. His mom stepping out, his dad staying, but occasionally needing to look away. Going in depth on this, at the start of the trial, the defense attorneys filed a motion for sanctions. So this motion states Ambler had an active warrant for his arrest at the time of his death. And defense attorneys claim the state never produced information about that warrant, violating the court's discovery order. They asked in part that the jury should be told how the state failed to comply with that law and court orders. Also that the state should be prevented from arguing Ambler fled for any reason other than his warrant, and for the state to pay all, quote, reasonable costs and legal fees associated with this case. The judge ruled against most of that motion, but ruled that the state will have to pay the defense's legal fees and investigator expenses related to finding that warrant. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, we start our Tuesday very similar to how we started our Monday, and that's with some patchy fog across portions of central Texas. Our Ewok Kubota weather camera there in Georgetown showing light to little blurry underneath. It's not dense fog, but we do have reduced visibilities in parts of the area, including Austin, out towards Bastrop, Lockhart, Blanco, San Marcos. Everybody looking at visibility between about 5 to 10 miles, but 
we do anticipate this to get a little worse before it gets better. So stay with us through the morning as we continue to track the possibility of denser fog. Your temperatures, though, nothing to worry about. 60s across all of the area. In fact, we're a little bit warmer than where we were yesterday at this time. Back to the 80s we go. Very similar temperatures to what we had yesterday as far as the afternoon goes. Yesterday, 85 today 86 so by comparison I don't think you're going to notice a difference south southwest winds about 5 to 15 miles per hour coming up strong cold front tomorrow morning it's even safe to say overnight because this thing's going to start moving in early early tomorrow brings in significantly cooler temperatures and a whole lot of wind we'll talk more about those impacts coming up in your first morning forecast thank you Kristen an Austin ISD employee is charged with DWI with a child under 15 years old in the vehicle. And we learned that this is not the first run-in with police. Ralph Patrick Hutchins is listed as a Summit Elementary website as their physical education teacher's assistant. And this week, AISD confirmed Hutchins was an employee with the district and is on administrative leave. Online court records show Hutchins was arrested in Kamal County back on February 11th. Okay, KXAN checked online with the Department of Public Safety Records and ULIS police arrested Ralph Patrick Hutchins, we found back in 2008 for driving while intoxicated. He later pled guilty to a class B misdemeanor. Family members of 11-year-old Andre Cunningham say the system failed them. They told our NBC affiliate in Houston that the man accused of killing the girl didn't show up in the sex offender registration system when they tried to look him up. If he had, they never would have let Don McDougal live in a camper on their property. The family wrote, our interactions with this person were a result of our faith, which teaches us to give our fellow man a second chance. They added that McDougal, quote, had a history of disrespect for young female children, but it did not show up when they checked the registry, they say. They add if they knew of this history, they would have never let him step foot on their property, let alone be part of Audrey's life. Family thanked law enforcement for helping find Audrey's body last week in a river. They also urged lawmakers to do more to prevent this thing from happening to other families. I got one female shooting, Michael. I'm down on the this is video released by the Houston Police Department showing the moments leading up to and during the attack at Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church two weeks ago. Security footage showing a woman wearing a trench coat and a backpack carrying a large rifle and walking with her child. The video shows Janice, Janice Moreno opening fire inside of the church. Video shows security officers firing back, killing her. That seven-year-old little boy was hit in the crossfire, and he is still in the hospital in critical condition. Another bystander was hit in the leg. Police are still trying to figure out Moreno's motive and learn more about how she obtained that AR-style rifle she used. A look at the law surrounding residency requirements, how it's enforced as a complaint comes to light about whether a candidate for the Hayes County Sheriff actually lives in the county he wants to represent. And expanding knowledge by expanding access. How oh, an Austin City Council vote could make it easier for people to get books from the library. Good morning, everyone. As we take a live look from our camera over in Georgetown on this Tuesday, February the 27th. Another warm day ahead. We're going to talk to Kristen for your latest on the forecast. Now, former President Donald Trump is appealing his $454 million civil fraud judgment. And this appeal challenges the finding that Trump lied about his wealth as he grew his real estate empire. Trump's lawyers argue the judge committed errors of law 
and abuse his discretion in his ruling against Trump, his company, and top executives. If upheld, the judge's ruling will force Trump to give up a sizable chunk of his fortune. could also force the sale of some of Trump's properties. Meantime, the man who set himself on fire over the weekend outside the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. has died. The active airman in the U.S. Air Force repeatedly shouted free Palestine as he filmed and live streamed the incident before collapsing to the ground. He was rushed to the hospital for treatment but did not make it. Well, Laga Vista school leaders are bringing in a third party after claims surface of a private coach contacting students and an admission the coach was never properly vetted. Good morning, this is a live look over Q2 Stadium up there in North Austin. Austin FC is going to be on the road this weekend. Returning back on March 9th, we'll be rooting them on. New complaint has come to light over whether a candidate for Hayes County Sheriff actually lives in Hayes County. KXAN's Sam Stark talked with experts about the laws surrounding residency requirements and how they're enforced. When voting for a candidate, you might want them to be knowledgeable, passionate, and experienced. But what about living in the district where the candidate is running to serve? There are certain residency requirements for offices, but if it turns out a candidate does not live where they're hoping to represent, experts say that can be hard to prove. When it gets down, though, to actually determining where someone resides, it really becomes almost a matter of just pure intent. Local publication, the Hayes and Caldwell County Examiner, found that Democrat Hayes County Sheriff candidate Daniel Law has a homestead exemption in Caldwell County. Such exemptions help homeowners pay less in tax. We profiled Law and this race last week where he touts his 20 years of experience in Caldwell County, including sheriff there. Law declined our request for an on-camera interview for this story, but said the allegation he does not live in Hayes County is false. He told KXAN that he has rented a place in Hayes County for longer than a year and has that address listed on his driver's license. Law said he and his wife lived in the Caldwell County house for years and that his wife still resides there. Law said while he spends two days a week at the Caldwell County house, he spends the rest of his time in Hayes County. Other candidates around Texas are facing similar allegations that they live outside of the relevant district in court. It is not clear yet whether the allegations against law will end up in court. It's, it's up to the candidate to claim where the primary residence is, and if they claim it, a court will almost always uphold it. The court of popular opinion is a little less forgiving. In Hayes County, Sam Stark, KXAN News. A Hayes County spokesperson said a candidate files to run through their political party's office. The spokesperson said the local party does not have the ability to investigate if a candidate lives outside the county. We also reach out to the Hayes County Democratic Party for more information. Law is running against Alex Villalobos to replace Sheriff Gary Cutler. We are seeing the first photos from the lunar lander after the private American spacecraft successfully landed on the moon last week. But its mission is being cut short because... It landed sideways. Mm. The Odysseus, yeah, loner, lunar lander captured. It's a lunar. <laughs> <laughs> Lunar Lander captured this image approximately 35 seconds after touching down. The second photo shows it landed near the target zone because the spacecraft landed sideways. It is expected to stop working today. Mm. I know when the sun will likely stop shining on the solar panels. Odysseus was expected to work through the week. Intuitive Machines, the Houston company that built the lander, said it will continue to collect data until it stops working. 
Last Thursday, the lander became the first U.S. spacecraft to land on the moon in more than 50 years. We are the lander. The lander is us. Sometimes yes. you just land a different way and it hits differently. Yeah. <laughs> you stop working. We're all a little sideways, yeah. you know? Yeah. And honestly, you know, you got to try some. You have to fail sometimes yeah. to succeed later on. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And at least it made it. You yeah, know, we right. got some right. couple of photos. Looks like the moon to me. So <laughs> next time, hopefully we get it up right. Let me show you what's going on outside this morning. Happy Tuesday, y'all. Couple days left in February and we're still feeling like May. Clouds and radar showing dry skies, but a lot of cloud cover. And we really won't see a clear blue sky at all today. Those clouds are going to hang on pretty tight from start to finish, but our Indeed domain camera at least shows those clouds a little up off the ground. So no dense fog out there yet, but just some slightly low visibilities because of some of those lower clouds here and there. 67 degrees. Everybody's warm. I mean, we've got 60s all over the map this morning. This afternoon, we'll likely see highs in those mid to upper 80s, very similar to what you felt yesterday. Those south-southwest winds about 5 to 15 miles per hour. Look at the warm-up today. I mean, it's back to the 90s in the hill country. We've got 80s along and east of I-35. Everybody much warmer than where they should be for this time of year. But then a big change comes in tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, cold front comes Coming in from the north brings our 60s and 70s around 5, 6 a.m. tomorrow down to the 50s and 60s tomorrow afternoon. So tomorrow's going to be one of those days where we see our high temperatures early and then we spend most of the afternoon watching the temperatures actually get cooler. So we'll go from the mid 80s today to an afternoon mainly in the upper 50s to low 60s. Another cool day Thursday, but with southerly winds getting back in here Friday, it's a quick rebound back to the 70s. So this cooler than normal weather that we anticipate to come in behind the cold front is here for about 48 hours and then we're back to the comfortable spring-like temperatures Friday into the weekend. Let's talk winds. Winds today coming out of the south-southwest like I said about 5 to 15 but then cold front comes through. We're talking wind screaming out of the north tomorrow morning, gusting 30 to potentially 40 miles per hour. Weather Service already discussing the need for a wind advisory in some spots because those winds out of the north are going to be so strong for tomorrow. Rain chances, not something I'm super impressed with, though. Not today, really not tomorrow. Perhaps a couple spotty showers with the help of a little disturbance rolling in after that cold front. But in general, the majority of us stay dry. Just going to be a couple spots of light rain that we'll be watching for an emphasis on light. A few hundredths of an inch if we're lucky, a couple tenths of an inch. Nothing to write home about, unfortunately, with this setup. 7-day forecast, mid-80s today, lower 50s tomorrow. Uh, and, and really, like I said, tomorrow morning is going to be weird because those temperatures will drop pretty quickly out of the 70s. We spend most of the day in the 50s. Coolest temperatures will actually come tomorrow night into Thursday. That's when we see those lows bottom out in the 40s. Still not expecting a freeze here in Austin. Couple spotty showers Thursday, back to the 70s and 80s, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then potentially another cold front early next week brings us some spot showers again. Monday, but right now, not seeing anything in the way of a washout. We'll keep you updated as we get closer. You will, Kristen, thank you. Lago Vista School Board members just agreed to hire a third party to investigate claims that a private coach was approaching students on his own time over the summer. Yeah, parents pretty upset about this. Also upset after the district told them through an email that the coach was not properly vetted. They voiced their frustrations and proposed solutions during last night's school board meeting. 
it is imperative that we never lose sight of the fact that the safety of our children is paramount. No matter how stretched our resources may be, we must always exercise the utmost caution and diligence when it comes to those who have direct contact with our students. Moving KXAN has learned through an email sent to parents this week that the district and city police department are investigating. They're looking into the nature of the private coach's contact with students. District also told parents that the private coach was never officially affiliated with the school or the district. Parents say the private coach was allowed into a group chat with other coaches and high school runners. But in that email to parents, the district said, quote, it's apparent that the district's well-established processes for the non-employee access to students were not followed. It is the expectation that proper protocols be followed to vet all individuals who come into contact with our students during the school day or through our extracurricular programs. And that expectation was not met in this situation, end quote. We did ask multiple times for the district to confirm the name of that private coach so we can let you know, but so far that district isn't doing it. The Lago Vista Police Department has also not answered our questions. Some South Texas groups want to take on SpaceX over the company's operations along the Gulf Coast. Last month, SpaceX sought to acquire dozens of acres from Boca Chica State Park and surrounding areas. In exchange for that land, SpaceX would purchase and donate about 500 acres nearby at a National Wildlife Refuge to Texas Parks and Wildlife. But some critics claim this was not a fair land exchange because residents would lose access to public areas. Parks and Wildlife's next meeting on this is scheduled for next Monday here in Austin. You have the chance to weigh in on the plan to remake the southern bank of Ladybird Lake. Tomorrow, the city of Austin is holding an online meeting for the South Central Waterfront Project. Now, the district is 118 acres. It's huge. The city wants to set rules for a new neighborhood, incorporating needs for affordable housing and environmental protections. This next meeting for the public to go over the project is all online. It's Wednesday at 6 o'clock and we have a link to register on our website kxan.com if you live in leander you have got to stop watering outside potentially you could face a thousand dollar fine and even get your water turned off the city says this is because it is trying to avoid sending boil water notices the city plans to do intensive construction on a water treatment plant pipeline on wednesday because of the shutdown here, Leander's water treatment capacity is going to go down to 9 million gallons per day. So not a lot. Higher demand could trigger a boil water notice. During the month-long construction, water customers are going to get their water from a different plant. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Longhorn Gisela Mall came to Texas after back-to-back -back state titles at Cedar Park. Then she blew out her knee and graduated early to rehab at Texas. As Noah Gross explains, while she's looking to make a national title run, her high school is trying to make another run at the state title. Postseason success and not just competing for, but perhaps winning the state championship has been really the expectation as of late for Cedar Park. This year, the most unexpected thing is how they got there. Down three to a top 10 team with about seven seconds left. Hope Edwards, a junior, banks in a three to go to overtime to beat the buzzer, and then they win to reach the state tournament. A surprise to some, but not her team. She said that she didn't think she was going in, but then everybody on the court was like, and everybody on the bench were like, we think it was going in as a bank. The most important question, did she call bank? No, sir. I, I mean, I, I, knew, I knew it was right on the line, but I didn't know if it was just going straight in or backward, but I saw it kind of like going up 
So I was like, hopefully it'll hit backboard and it went in. Cedar Park has sprung a couple upsets in the postseason already, of course, beating Glenn and then Liberty Hill as well. And now they'll have to do it again against the number one team in the state, Mansfield Timberview. But that just adds fuel to their fire. The underdog thing for us is kind of like empowering and like makes us feel excited and like want, we want to go and we want to prove everybody wrong because everybody's coming in here thinking like, oh, Cedar Park's going to get blown out. They're going to get blown out. And so like that just kind of makes us like not want to lose even more. The Class 5A state semifinal between Cedar Park and Mansfield Timberview will tip off Thursday evening in San Antonio. And again, while Cedar Park's going to be the underdog, they seem to like it that way. For now in Cedar Park, Noah Gross, KXAN News. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for joining us. Here's what we're tracking at 5. Lago Vista changing the way it is doing business, how it's going to help out some local businesses in the area.